Welcome to Disco Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Christian Pavarelli, who is a serial entrepreneur and no-code strategist with over 12 years of experience building startups, running accelerators, and consulting for Fortune 500 companies and celebrities. As a trainer, he served as the co-director of a startup program that has helped over 100 startups go on to raise over $40 million in funding and get into accelerators like Techstars, Y Combinator, and 500 Startups. He's currently the CEO of We Are No Code, an educational platform that empowers non-technical founders through no-code technology. And this episode was a ton of fun. I learned so much from Christian, and I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show by leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast and the weekly grind, my weekly newsletter with tips, tools, and strategies for growing a business can be found at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Subscribe there. Without further ado, here is Christian Pavarelli, the CEO of We Are No Code. Christian, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing, Justin? Doing great. Great day. Happy to do this interview. Excited to talk about no code. Excited to talk about your company. We are no code. And, and with those two things, where I'd love to get started today is just kind of like an overview. Like, what is this no code movement? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. It's, it's super exciting. Um, and so no code movement is something that has happened. Um, it's probably developed, but it probably started about six years ago. Um, and it basically used to be, you know, when people think about no code and being able to build software with no code. Um, so no code is also called visual programming. Yep. And what it is, is it allows people who don't know how to code to be able to code, code or to essentially build software. So it's kind of like an extra layer of abstraction from writing individual lines of code in which you're actually sort of building with building blocks of code, but you're not actually having to write those individual line of, lines of code themselves, and uh, you don't really have to interact with the code as you're building, which is super exciting. You know, it kind of opens up this whole new um, avenue of possibilities for all these people who previously were not able to build um, sort of digital products. But it yeah. really started about, let's say, five years ago, um, you had some platforms that started coming up uh, like Webflow, like Bubble.io. Um, and if you think of the beginning of no code, you think about things like WordPress, which is kind of low code. Low code is when you have some coding um, and a lot of no code. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> the tools that are out there that allow you to build in this way have just evolved tremendously over time. And like now is like the infliction point. Now is like the 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 point at which um, about you know I'd say about eighty five to ninety percent of all software products can be built without writing code. Jeez. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So before it used to kind of be like, you know, you think of things like Squarespace, Wix, um, uh, even Shoppable, where it's like, great, we can build these um, websites, landing pages, uh, you know, we can build, um, you know, storefronts, e-commerce. Uh, and now it's really come to the whole new level where it's like, let's build, you know, let's, let's build a marketplace. Let's build a productivity app. Let's build um, you know, a messaging app. And, and that's where it's really getting to the next level. So it's, it's, it's super exciting. And um, that's sort of what we base the entire company around. 
that's awesome. And it's so it's so cool to see the evolution because actually back in the day after watching the social network, my best friend Zach and I, we, we started learning HTML, CSS, uh, and making a website from scratch. It was called like sixpackbod.com. I don't think it's live anymore. Um, but, but that was like, you know, years ago where you had to learn all this from like W3 schools to learn how to code or code academy even back then. And it was so frustrating because it was so much to do. And we, we started then using like a Weebly or like uh, what other sites, you know, kind of drag and drop editors. But now we're seeing like the power of no code with all these different sites being built. And I know on your website, you have all these different like case studies as well of companies that are, you know, making real revenue, like a ton in like actual annual recurring revenue, real businesses out of no code tools to create their products, which is fascinating. And and to that point, then we are no code, your, your website, your company, what do you guys do within this space? Yeah. So basically we realized that there was, well, first of all, let me give you a bit of background how I came into this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I basically, you know, ran a couple of my own startups, uh, had um, exits, had failures, um, and then I started training startups. So I ran an accelerator program. Uh, we trained over 100 startups who went on to raise more than $40 million. Uh, and within that, I was basically going through about, you know, two, 300 applications every six months. And I was kind of frustrated with the fact that so many founders were doing all the same mistakes that all the founders 10 years ago were doing, or, <laughs> you know, I had done 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it was really this feeling of like, you know, kind of, I guess, out of necessity, I was like, you know, everyone in this market is basically, um, they want to invest in companies that are, have already figured it out. They already have product market fit. They're already generating revenue. They have traction. And even the big accelerators like Y Combinator, uh, 500 Startups, like they're all looking for companies at this point that have six months traction or revenue before considering an investment uh, and before, you know, considering taking you on board. So the investment community has really shifted towards, um, you know, further along companies as the price of, of running and building companies has gone down. And so that's really leaving people at the early stage to kind of fend for themselves and figure it out themselves. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, no code as a non-technical founder, I had always had to sort of, you know, depend on external developers, whether that was like, overseas or managing internal development and design teams. Um, and that had, you know, been relatively frustrating, like specifically when you like hire an external developer, he develops something. There's always like, you know, you say one price, then it, 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 <laughs> there's always product creep. You end up yep. spending three times what you thought you would spend. And you're still sort of addicted to this um, developer in the sense that anytime you need any small thing adapted, you need to go back to the developer, uh, negotiate a new price, and it can the whole experience can be very frustrating. So then, you know, also I've done the overseas thing where you end up usually with a bunch of spaghetti code, uh, also on different time zones. Um, and so it's, it's basically like, you know, there's just so many ways in which you can <laughs> go wrong as a non-technical yep. founder and be taken for like a royal ride, you know, like a, a half yeah. a million dollar ride, sometimes 100,000, sometimes just $50,000 rides. But what these no-code tools really allow is for people to build things and very quickly uh, to bring them to market and, um, and to essentially start testing, start getting actual customers in and to really get to the point at which you can be ready for these other things. Whether you're looking to bootstrap completely and build a, a business a alone or if you want to join an accelerator or sort, sort of get in. So anyway, long story short, I was frustrated <laughs> with what I was seeing in the industry. 
because people were basically um, just taking all the wrong routes. And so for me as a non-technical founder, no-code is probably the most influential thing I've ever discovered. It allowed me to basically build my own stuff very quickly. Uh, I had tried sort of learning how to code um, and, you know, had seen some success, but it, it was just taking months to be able to learn, like, yep. even just how to create a tiny thing. And so very quickly, I was like, there has to be a better way. And so I think for me, one of the points at which it kind of like shifted was when I discovered no code tools, was able to build products myself, was able to very quickly learn it as well, because, you know, it's, it's a process that takes compared to coding. And, you know, like if you want to be a good developer, it takes about three years. You want to be a good no coder takes about three months so you know that was a huge discovery for me and it basically changed the way that i was interacting as an entrepreneur i was just way better at uh, you have an idea great let's you know let's build something in seven yep. days let's let's launch it <laughs> on the market let's start testing that and see you know how it works and if we start seeing that there is traction around that um, um that product then we could basically um grow that out into something even larger. And, and, and suddenly it was kind of about this idea of like iterating and, and justifying the time and money that was invested moving forward in this idea. So basically, We Are No Code is all about, we um, blend the methodology of how to build a startup, because uh, that's super important, because building a product is great, but usually people build products that no one use. And that's the big problem. Yeah. Um, so the idea is like to bring, bring people through this kind of step-by-step methodology, uh, giving them templates on how to actually go about all the early steps, figuring out what the you know customer actually needs, how you can actually analyze the data that you're getting from these customers, then going into like building a brand, how you can build a brand, um, stepping into no code and how you can use that brand to now create your first product. Um, and basically a step-by-step -step curriculum that teaches them how to build a startup, um, for less than $1,000 and in less than 90 days. So it's really like all about like, let's get straight to the action as quickly as we can and teach people hard skills that will empower them through no code, absolutely, for the product side, but also through sort of the, the, the uh, methodology that's been used for the past 50 years in Silicon Valley to build startups. That's a proven methodology, right? And yep. It's like, let's, let's not make the same mistakes that we keep making every you know, 50 years, let's, let's make sure that basically uh, we're able to empower um, this next generation of, of entrepreneurs who are, who are non-technical. And the reason why I'm so excited about it really is, is because we're now talking about putting these powerful tools in the hands of creative industries, in the hands of people also who don't have the same opportunities. So people in, you know, um, in third world countries or developing countries, um, you know, people who have not been given the same um, opportunity. I think that this is kind of like one of the big opportunities to, to even the playing field uh, because you don't necessarily need to have a bunch of experience. You don't need to have technical skills. Um, you don't, you know, and that's that's what's exciting. It's, it's, it's really going to give rise to this whole new thing. I could ramble on for a long time here. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll cover everything. Don't worry. Um, it is it is a very exciting time to see that. And to your point of other people being able to access these tools and build real products, but to that, it has to be a company around it. Uh, if you really want to build like an actual startup and they can see where things like we are no code in terms of a company itself and having different courses and services to help people, it, it would be very beneficial. And what I want to go through with, with no code, like 
first off, like what are some of the tools people are using, different applications? Uh, I'm really curious about that. I know people want to hear about what are some of the things that are suggested and yet people could search it, but I'm curious from your perspective, like what are some of those tools that people are using? Absolutely. So the first thing that you have to know is that there's a huge number of tools. <laughs> so people basically, <laughs> yes. they always tell me, Christian, send me a big uh, list of, of no-code tools. And I'm like, listen, I mean, I'm sorry to tell you I can absolutely do that, and I do. <laughs> but then I'm like, but you're going to be lost. I mean, there are just so many of them. And the reality is you have to orient yourself towards the ones that make sense for what you're trying to build. So in terms of the tools that um, I think right now are really exciting to me and are sort of more developed. Um, so the first one is, uh, it's actually a stack. It's basically Webflow, and you connect Webflow with Airtable, and you connect Airtable with um, member stack and then member stack with Zapier. So it's it's called the WAM. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's basically a stack that allows you to have a beautiful front end and CMS, uh, an, an amazingly sort of uh, versatile database, a membership area where you can charge people on a subscription or sort of um, a different in different formats, manage all your, your sort of uh, users there as well. And then Zapier allows you to sort of connect with all these other um, services. It's kind of like an API caller. So that allows you to kind of attach a lot of different things together and also allows you to provide an experience where you can automate a lot of what happens um, on the sales and marketing side. So that's kind of a first stack. That's like connecting a couple of different tools that are very powerful to, to create your, your business. Yep. I will say real quick on that first stack, I, I, as a very, very novice, no code user myself, uh, and just getting into it, especially since we talked, uh, we, we had gone to emails back and forth. Yeah. And these, this is the exact stack I'm looking at for the thing I'm building. And I just found it randomly, not even together, just all the pieces separately. And, and you mentioned this is the stack. I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. And I found each piece separately. Uh, and then it's hilarious. So, so it's, it's, it, yeah, I mean, like, no, absolutely. And I think that, like, people are, like, a little bit yep. more familiar with some of them. Like, definitely Airtable and Zapier are two that people kind of know about. Webflow a little bit less, but definitely coming up there. And I think MemberStack is definitely one of the ones that, it's only been around for about two years. Um, the two guys who run it, too, are these amazing guys. I interviewed them on, on LinkedIn the other day. They're just, like, 25 <laughs> years old. Such badasses, um, really friendly, and just like really started from a real problem they were seeing in the market, like that they were having themselves, and then that they saw a lot of that's other amazing. no coders having when they were building their their stacks. So, so that's kind of one stack. Um, the, 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 after that, you have these sort of all all in one builders, which means that you can basically do a lot of what you do with all those different tools within one tool which has its sort of, you know, benefits and inconveniences as well. So one of them is um, Adalo, which is basically focused in on native mobile apps. Another yep. one is uh, Bubble.io. That's a, a really cool sort of builder. That's more for web apps. Um, and you can also push them to the iOS store. What else? I mean, what's really exciting about NoCode is you have these like core tools, but what I've been seeing more and more, and this is funny because like, you know, we're an educational platform, but since people know that I was in the, you know, sort of accelerator game, and I guess I am <laughs> again, because we have a NoCode accelerator uh, as part of, it's called the NoCode startup. But basically people are sending me their decks. Uh, and, and I think people think that I'm, I'm investing at the moment, which I'm not, <laughs> but I'm seeing companies that are basically creating these APIs for the more cutting edge stuff. So 
now I'm seeing ways that no code can integrate things like artificial Very intelligence, like machine learning algorithms, just by tapping into an API, uh, as well as sort of um, things with regard to, um, let's see, augmented reality, where you can like create these augmented reality experiences in their builder. And then with API, you can bring them into your app or into your website or into your web app. And that's like, that's just making me realize. And the same thing for fintech as well. A lot of cool fintech plugins. So, you know, it's just going so quick. And even the things that I mentioned in terms of what you can build until now, that's just scratching the surface. Like we're moving into a generation now where we will pretty much with no and low code be able to build like <laughs> everything that you can imagine uh, through API calls. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely takes some time to learn these tools. And that's where I think that there's like, uh, you know, you can go and learn these tools yourselves. Absolutely. And you can get pretty far doing that. But a lot of people like get frustrated um, because, you know, they either don't know what stacks best for what they're trying to do, or they don't have the right support that they need through that. Um, and, and kind of that's what we're providing. It's like this, um, this platform which connects the humans with the technology. I think that people underestimate how much the bigger problem here is, is the human side of it. And that's where it's like they absolutely need guidance. They need support. Yep. You know, a lot of that support is technical. A lot of it is strategic. But also a lot of it is kind of like having a coach, like having someone who cares about your progress, you know, like, and I think that's something that that is the reason why Absolutely. a lot of people feel very lonely in entrepreneurship, right? It's because we're building these ideas. We're on our own usually sometimes. And hopefully you have a co-founder who you can talk to about these things, but it can be a very lonely journey. And there are days where you're super excited and other days where you have to keep working when you just don't even believe in your mission anymore. And I think that that's like, I like bringing it to the human level because I'm a big believer that like, basically as a founder, everyone's worried about like external competition or, or like all these um, different things, but you're your own limitation. Like you are always going to be your worst limitation, your worst critic. And so learning how to kind of uh, use that human element in, in, in your own favor is super important, I think. Yeah, and I, it just reminds me. I know it's kind of in the opposite spectrum. This is just no code, but the uh, the company Career Karma, which is helping people get into coding boot camps. So obviously, it's for coding. But mm -hmm. the, the model they use is having that mentorship and kind of like community and support to then help you as you're in these boot camps as well. One, you know, find the right one for you. But two, once you're in there, like having that support to keep going through these things or having that support to keep learning new skills. And I think it really applies to anything, especially with, with the no code side of things. Like you said, people can always, you know, piece together, especially with, with the internet now, with information available with YouTube and whatever. It's not the, the issue of being able to uh, get all the information you need and learn it. It's what's the right steps to learn it? What's the support you have to continue to learn it? You know, what's the right order so you save time? And that's another thing to think about when you're when you're considering whether it be like uh, we are no code and with the programs you have to offer or really learning anything. It's like having a course or having a, a, a program and with support, it saves you time. It makes it easier on that side of things where you could yeah. in theory learn everything, but it would take a lot longer and you make a lot more mistakes that way. Yeah, it's also about like reframing. I think as as a founder, you get really stuck in in like your own head, and then it's like most people when they start off specifically, and that's like a that's really the audience that we're focused on. We're not focused on people who are already um, like super no code whizzes and to help them like progress even quicker. 
we're really in the game of empowering people who don't have any technical skills and taking them from sort of zero to zero to one, right? Where they can impress themselves uh, with what they can build. Like we had a student, he came in and they were like, oh man, we have to, you know, we have this idea, but we, we would love to build this product um, quickly because there's this event coming up. In seven days, he had built the first product and got his first 26 users. So nice. it was like, and, and I think that's what it comes down to. It's like, it's for people to understand that they actually are able to do this, you know, because I think that coding alienates a lot of people because it's very complicated. And the exciting thing about no code is that you can get things started very quickly. You're not going to be a whiz in two weeks or in six weeks, but you're going to have such a strong basis. And the fact that you'll have proven to yourself that you can actually learn these tools, that they're not crazy and that you absolutely have to tie in the sort of uh, customer acquisition as part of that whole process of building. Like it's not just about the product like we talked about earlier. I think that that's what kind of keeps the motivation high. And then they're like, some people are going to be like, I'm, I want to go even deeper. And that's amazing. And I think that's what we're trying to emphasize. It's like, hey, everyone in the 20, um, in, in this sort of century is going to have to learn digital skills. It's terrible to, to say that because... <laughs> A lot of people hate technology, and I totally get it. But you have to step up your game if you want to be relevant, even just in the workforce. Like, the workforce um, is becoming less and less safe. And so either becoming self-reliant by starting your own company or, or learning some of these um, tools that allow you to be a, a super employee uh, is what's going to keep you hired and keep you valuable to your company even as um, and that's something that's a bit scary because through COVID, we're seeing such an acceleration of the replacement of humans with um, sort of software, right? All these yeah. business owners, they're trying to find uh, ways to be able to, you know, reduce costs. And the biggest cost in most companies is the staff. So, you know, and there's no going back. When you replace, uh, you know, humans with technology, in a lot of cases, you can't, right? I'm a big believer that there's, there are certain things like customer support but still, you want to have a person at the end of the line. Right. But for other things, there are so many mundane tasks that people are doing over and over. And the game of the future is about upskilling, consistently upskilling. So that's another place where sort of no code thrives, right? It's like, let's give all the business people in this organization the ability to uh, very easily, uh, you know, create their own partnership landing pages, for example, <laughs> or be able to do. And, and I think that's. You know, it's, it's going to be more important for, for people who are non-technical to become at least partially technical. Yeah, and there's so many applications for that, like you're saying. I mean, there, there's so many applications for it, so many opportunities to upskill that it's just one of those things, right, especially when you have time, especially in this kind of COVID environment where people, they, they have more time. They're not having a commute, uh, maybe not going into the office, and there is a bit more time to learn something or do something and, you know, investing some time in some no-coding tools. Not only can it be beneficial, but, you know, I'm finding from just playing around with some things, it's just fun to learn some things and build things. It just, yeah. you know, it's just an enjoyable experience, especially when you're starting with, you're not having that, not having that like, skill already, you're like, oh, wait, I can build this like website that does this thing. Like That looks cool. And you, you build something else and you learn something more. And then you realize, wait a minute, I could make a business out of it if I do this. And like, that is super exciting to me. And it's super exciting to see like people in different communities that can use this, that can really change their life in terms of their career, in terms of their earnings, everything with these types of tools. And, and with that, I want to 
go a little exercise here. Like if someone has an idea, they come to your program or whatever, they have an idea for something and they want to use no code tools and you know, you have a whole process with your program and everything, but take me through like beginning to, you know, having, getting your customers and, and then iterating from there. I'm curious on the, what does that process kind of entail? Yeah. So there are two parts to our company at We Are No Code. One of them is an educational program where we're trying to really reduce the cost as much as possible to, to get to traction. So from zero to traction to, to revenue. Um, and that's um, a, a, a sort of a mix between an online course with coaching, with support, uh, and with $60,000 worth of perks. So you actually don't have to spend almost any money for the first six months of starting your business. Um, so that's something that for us was like, okay, we need to make this as cheap as possible um, because we want to be able to put this in the hands of millions of people. Right. And so that's that's our our course to cost nine ninety seven. So it's less than a thousand dollars. And and through the curriculum, we bring them through uh, a step by step process. And so the modules are sort of called weeks, and it's an eight week curriculum. We start off by really have them understand the big opportunity that they think they have with their idea, go out and sort of um, talk to their customers. Uh, but but there we have a different approach. We give them like a template of this is how you should be interviewing people. Here are the rules. Here's how you take notes. Here's um, sort of now adapt this uh, template to, to what you're building. Go out there, interview people. Here's how you collect those notes and, and sort of look at them and look at the insight that's starting to gather in these sort of different themes of problems. Identify which is the most important one of those problems. And then we're going to focus in on that specific market and that specific problem. And then the next phase is like, okay, now let's get prepared to build your first product. So we basically teach them how to um, build a brand, uh, content and brand. So that'll be anything from copywriting, like writing really um, sort of content that's going to attract people towards your product and that's going to really show them the benefits of what it is that you're, you're sort of showing in terms of a, a value proposition for your company. Uh, it's also going to help people, you know, even if they have no design background, like how you can get a logo up and going very quickly, um, how you can sort of get an aesthetic. So a, a um, you know, usually like a color palette uh, that you're going to have through all, all the material, how you can get icons, how you can get uh, sort of photography for free, uh, like really just gathering and writing out all that content and branding that you're going to then need to be able to build your first product. Week three, we bring them into building their first no-code product. Um, so that's, that's where we basically teach them all the fundamentals of building their product. We get them to, um, to build the product out fully, probably takes about in general, depending on if you're doing it full-time or not about seven days. Um, sometimes it'll take longer if you have a full-time job and you're just doing this in the evenings. Right. After that, what we say is like, okay, great. Now you've built something. It's great. Uh, and that's really focused all around proving customer demand because there's just such a big gap between what customers say and then what customers actually are willing to pay for or actually do. So before you go into building even more complex no-code tools, you want to make this test where you're checking that people are actually willing to take the actions and showing that they want to actually buy this thing. So we focus in on like proving customer or buyer demand, proving buyer demand really early. And... The next chapter is all about sort of tracking and analytics. So how can you set up these different tracking anal analytics tools to see both what people are doing exactly like on your website um, when they're getting to it um, and sort of 
if they're clicking through your different product pages and they're not taking the action that you're requiring, like how can you use that insight to adapt the product towards what it is that you're trying to um, to get them to do to prove this buyer demand? And then there's also sort of like qualitative, which is to to, to also have conversations with these people and and start to understand that. So basically understanding what people are doing while they're using your first product. After that, it's all about, great, now we have the tracking all up in place and you know how to use it, you know how to analyze that insight. Let's jump into the next phase, which is going to teach you sales and marketing. So how you can actually use free strategies to go out and get your first 100 customers. So that's focused really around getting your first 100 paying customers. Uh, and so we show you really in tutorials like click by click how you can use LinkedIn in your favor, we give you templates, blueprints, etc. Um, we also teach um, certain strat paid strategies, make you understand, um, you know, which paid strategies might be best for your specific company. Chapter after that, we go deep into um, sort of building even more complex um, sort of no code MVPs. So yeah. that's when we're talking about how you can sort of build uh, much deeper MVPs, connecting um, them, you know, some APIs that you're going to want to tap into, understanding sort of logic, uh, understanding the, the middleware aspect of it. So the logic of the app. So if this happens, do this yep. <laughs> kind of mentality. And then really showing them step-by-step step how to do that and how to build it out. And only after that, only after week six, when you have basically everything that you need to have traction, is when we start talking about like, okay, now that you've done all the hard work, which is building a business, we can start talking about like pitch decks, financial forecasts. We'll show you how to do it step by step. And after that, it's like fundraising. Uh, but I usually break that down into three avenues, which is like, you can choose to go straight the fundraising route. There, there are you know different routes there as well, which could be an angel investor, friends and family. It could be um, sort of venture capital. And each one of those have different implications. Uh, or you could also continue to bootstrap and own 100% of your company um, and continue growing that way, have no boss, have um, no one to report back to. Uh, or, you know, if you feel like you need even more support, and, and that's where I think accelerators, traditional accelerators like Techstars and YC yep. are great because they can bring that more hands-on mentorship. So that's when you, you really want to get industry specialists on board with what you're doing. And, and there's like... So basically those three routes, right? It's like investment, accelerators, or bootstrap. And that's the, yeah, that's the program in a nutshell. That's great. And so I have, I have questions for sure. Uh, okay. So going, going, going back to discovery calls, I think this is something that a lot of people don't do. They just, they just go in and try and build something right away. And then like, wait, why are people not signing up? Like, oops, yeah. you skipped a process. Uh, very important step in that. Take me through a discovery call. What are some of the things you're asking or, you know, goals of these calls, things you're trying to figure out? I'm curious about that. Yeah. So the first rule about doing interviews is you do not talk about your product. You do not talk about your solution. You do not talk about your idea. If you do, you're going to have the mom effect, which is if you bring an idea to your mom that you're really passionate about and she like doesn't want to break your heart, she's going to be like, oh, that's so great, son. And that's absolutely not productive when it comes to understanding <laughs> where the real problems lie. So the idea of these of these calls is really getting a better understanding of the uh, the person's life within the context of the problem that you're trying to solve. And usually, like people say like, well, but isn't that weird? Like I'm jumping on the phone with a stranger and uh, asking him questions. I'm like, yeah, but you can very easily at the beginning of that call, um, you know, just mention that you are 
um, that you basically don't want to cloud their judgment and that you'll be telling them a little bit more about what you're working on. Um, and then you'll be able to tell them after the call uh, or sort of towards the end of the call. But at first, you really want to understand, like, is this a real problem? Is this a problem that these people are having regularly? Is this a problem that people are willing to pay for uh, to solve? If they're already paying to try to solve this, is are there sort of barriers to uh, switching costs, for example, which is a big barrier, right? You know, what, what are the real issues that are happening and are, willing, are people willing to pay for them? But the way that you do that is not just through talking to one person. And that's what like a lot of people end up doing. They talk to one or two people. It's about like being like, okay, this is a specific person who represents a specific target market. So a very small subsection of the market with specific traits that those might be demographic traits. They might be um, other traits, uh, but essentially your aim is to understand what is the correlation between the problems that these people with these similar traits have. And that's what we call your sort of uh, beachhead market, your target market, the first market that you're going to want to go after and understand deeply to be able to then build a solution, uh, which may or may not be the right solution to that problem. That's, that's another question. That's a product question. Um, but basically, like, that's going to you know, allow you to understand that this is actually something that people want, they need, and they're willing to pay for. And I think for, as you mentioned, you know, most people kind of, uh, you know, they're like, I have an app idea. I'm just going to go pay someone to build the app. And it's like, that's okay. You know, you don't need to, to build the app yourself, but understand that someone else building your app is just going to be building your idea that's in your head that has a very big disconnect between, you know, what drives value for that customer and what you believe drives value for that customer. So I think it's really just about uh, de-risking your idea so that when you go into the building process, you understand the mentality uh, of your customer, uh, which, by the way, is going to be very useful when you start figuring out ways to talk to that customer and to acquire those customers as well, like getting into that mindset, that psychology behind the way that they think about their problem. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's really a lot there. I could probably go on for hours. (laughs) Um, it's, it's almost like you have a business around teaching people how to do this, Christian. It's crazy. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I actually want to dig into your business a little bit more. So you had this idea to start start this company. Um, was it just you at the beginning? Do you have a co-founders? I'm curious on the kind of the setup there. Yeah. So I do have a co-founder. His name's Eddie. And we've been, um, yeah, basically we met. Um, I was running the accelerator program. He was in... Um, he was a no coder from like one, you know, very, since the very beginning, probably about six years ago, he's built several products that have, that have, you know, generated more than five figures in monthly, um, MRR without any coders, uh, within only a couple of weeks. That's awesome. Um, and so the fact that he, so he's basically the, um, the, my co-founder and he's also the, uh, chief non-technical officer because we don't have a CTO <laughs> in our company because that's the whole point. Exactly. I love it. Um, and, and yeah, so, so it was basically like, man, if we, you know, like, let's, let's tie together these two things, right? Like, I definitely am good in no coding, but uh, he's definitely a step above uh, when it comes to like the geekier stuff. Yeah. And so we're like, we absolutely have to tie these two things together. And imagine if we could transmit the knowledge that we have to first time founders. And that's when the, the thing really came up. It was like, and we started talking to people who were non-technical and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, this would be crazy, you know? 
because people are just they're having a lot of problems basically and and it usually starts with the fact that they're the people who see the most value funny enough are people who have already uh failed <laughs> before and have faced all these problems with developers that that I'm talking about whereas these kind of like first time entrepreneurs sometimes don't really understand they're like oh no I'm brilliant you know I just came out of um you know one of these great schools i won't mention <laughs> any because i'm you know we're definitely close with the schools at the moment so sure <laughs> but but you know they, they think they have it figured out the problem is there's such a big disconnect between the theory you'll learn in like an entrepreneurship mba and the hard knowledge that you need to be able to execute on a business early on absolutely and that's where we really bridge the gap so it, we you know it, it started from just us having these conversations and um and it it, it kind of just went from there like we we shot uh, the, the entire curriculum, we tested it out with the first group of people and it was very successful. We got testimonials from most of the companies that went through the program. And, um, and, and basically we're at the point where we are, um, probably about six months in now yep. and things are going really well. We are, um, we are calling out to more founders at the moment and are just starting to like, uh, go into this more growth minded, um, aspect of the business. Uh, the product we've been improving it over time. We have you know 120 different services that people get discounts to. So it, it's just a, a huge resource, and uh, and it's also you can take it at your own pace. So that's something that we realized like people needed because a lot of people are still under the illusion that you have to quit your full time job if you want to pursue your dream business, which is what a lot of people are sort of dreaming about when they work in big corporate. They're like, I just can't do this because I have a full-time job. And that's where no code shines too. It's like the, the, the speed at which you can kind of go about those first uh, builds is very encouraging. So it allows someone who's like basically is like full-time job, wants to put in one hour a, a night and then maybe work one day on the weekends on, on his um, startup idea. Like that's how you have to start. You shouldn't be quitting your like six-figure job straight away. Um, you really have to know that you're onto something. And, and if you're not on something with that idea, you have like, that's what I always say about our program too. It's not just about this project. These are skills that you'll be able to use for every single company or idea that you have moving forward. And a lot of the people that, that, you know, I know that I've trained, that I've worked with are all about these, like I, this idea of like micro businesses, like every time you have this cool idea, like go out and you can find out within like three months, whether or not this is worth pursuing for the next year and investing more money in. And that's what we're, I'm really trying to do. I know that startup failure can lead to things like depression, mental health, and a lot of frustration. And the worst of all, like lack in self-belief and giving up on your own dreams. And I think that's just very sad. So that's our mission, really. It's to like, how can we make that uh, learning curve much lower, encourage people to be excited about being an entrepreneur, give them a step-by-step -step process and bring them through it and provide them with the support to like keep going and to also like basically unblock themselves from their own roadblocks. Yeah. And with your business too, like to that point of like, you know, starting on the side, you don't have to quit your job. At what point did you go full-time into, into building this? And, and how long was that process even leading up to that? <laughs> I'm actually a terrible example. Um, I've been a full-time entrepreneur for the past 12 years. I started off uh, basically, I had a business. So this is probably the, the, the best um, way to start. Like I, I just got out of university, got my first job. I was uh, head of sales and marketing um, at, a, at an events company, funny enough. Um, and I, I basically 
was like at the time I did ha I did do a specialization in entrepreneurship, uh, but I was kind of like I want to start my first company. So I started that, and basically at some point the company just started working out. So then I was like, I have to just jump out. You know, <laughs> I just have to jump out. And it was maybe way too early because we weren't even generating that much revenue with the company at the time. But um, but I made that that jump, um, and then I never looked back. I basically like even in times where I was sort of iterating on on new businesses, I would have like you know a, a client on the side or like, um, and it's kind of interesting. It's like I've just gotten used to that sort of like I don't know. I, I guess you can call it like being in the void of the world but <laughs> the funny thing is that a lot of people think that there's this huge void and you're standing on the edge of this like uh this massive drop but there's actually this invisible step like just one step down and from there you can just keep stepping up and at this point like i'm t definitely not a traditional hire for a company but i know <laughs> if i were to go into a company again uh at some point in my life uh, that wasn't my own uh, you know, I could drive tremendous value. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can't really say for themselves because they're very specialized in certain things. And um, yeah. Yeah. And at this point now, so you're six months in with you and, and Eddie running the company. So are, are you both full-time in the business? Like it's it's gone that well so far. You're still just trying to get that that progress. Like where are you at now with the, with the business? Yeah. So I've been full-time from the beginning. Uh, Eddie is becoming full-time as we speak. Um, and basically, yeah, we're profitable, we're bootstrapped, um, we are, but more importantly, we're really seeing that we're delivering value and that, that people are really excited about this whole movement and about our company specifically. So now, yeah, it's just, it's, we have also four, uh, people internally who build like custom builds for people. Yep. So that's the other thing that we do. We have a sort of, uh, studio that builds, um, apps and um and sort of um you know web apps uh, mobile apps um and, and also sort of more complex websites internally so we have a team of four people who do that and um and the great thing about that again is that since you have only one or two people working on the project because a, a no coder can do um the the you know the front end experience the back end experience and also the middleware it means that the cost of building is so much lower. So we're building like full out businesses and MVPs for people for a fraction of the cost of what they would get, you know, quoted from these development agencies. So that's something that also has just uh, allowed us to, to very easily bootstrap because there still are a lot of people who just want it built for them. And, and with that process, we actually also just tell people like, listen, you should also learn the tools with which we're building these things. And that's where we, we usually, if, if they, they want to do an MVP um, with us, we'll actually give them access to the course material for free. So that, because we want to encourage them like to not be addicted to whoever or whatever has built their, their product. And specifically for an entrepreneur, that's amazing because you're constantly iterating on that. And so it's definitely not a, uh, the best monetization strategy for us, but honestly, for us, this is about legacy. This is like we have an opportunity to build a big business. Yes, great. But also to like make a big difference in the world. And I think that my whole life, I always knew I'm going to build big businesses and then I want to build my big charity. And at this point, it's like, no, you can do both. And and that's kind of the, the direction we're taking as well, is that we're starting to have these conversations where people are like, well, you know, maybe we can sort of, you know, give you some money and you can. Um, 
essentially we can sponsor people in underserved communities. So, um, so we're definitely having those conversations and uh, we've already done some tests with people who um, are in these communities, uh, very successful one, very successful tests. Um, we had a founder, for example, who came from a program called uh, Defy Ventures, yep. which is a, um, a prison program. It's an entrepreneurial prison program that uh, sort of helps uh, these people. And yeah, I mean, he was able to build a full product very quickly and said like, oh man, you know, technology was always this big gap for me. And he was able to adopt this 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 program and just like build. And it was just like, wow, this is this is exciting. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it is exciting, and it, it, like I said, the the potential. Like we talked about this kind of earlier in the in the interview, the potential is just so great for for people, especially looking at underserved populations, to be able to use these to build things. Uh, you know, even like looking at like students and people who are in school as younger kids and everything, being able to play with these tools and build things. You know imagine a middle school student, a high school student, being able to build one of these things and actually you got great income right away. I mean, it's, it's kind of insane, the potential for this. I think people just don't really know about it yet. And to your point in the last you know few years, there's been just more tools being built and it's hitting that inflection point, which is incredibly exciting uh, as well. And and with with this kind of looking forward, like what is your, your plan for growth with We Are No Code kind of in the future here? Yeah, so... There are a couple of things that 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 we see. Our our ambition at first is really to to you know be integrated as um, in in as many different entrepreneurial communities as possible. So those are basically creating partnerships with entrepreneur communities where we can provide these to to people who, frankly, every single entrepreneurial community has a problem on the product side um, because a lot of their founders are non technical. And then, yeah, basically scaling this out as well uh, internationally eventually. Um, between myself and Eddie, we're fluent in um, German, French, Spanish, Portuguese. Um, what else? Russian. <laughs> so there's definitely an opportunity there for us to be able to um, sort of scale this internationally. But uh, in terms of sort of the, the growth side of things, it's you know, once you reach product market fit, you go into this phase called product channel fit. And right now we're really figuring out what's the, the best and quickest way to be able to get in front of the biggest uh, audiences and to be able to empower the most people. So that's kind of the approach we're taking right now. Um, we are in the beginning of the growth phase and we're uh, partnering with all these sort of different entities who are sending us referrals. So there's definitely this idea of like a, a referral program that's starting to come up. And that we have already sort of done a couple contracts uh, down that direction. Um, I'm at the moment looking into grants because as part of everything that's happening in the world right now, I'm thinking, how can we provide this at a scalable level to underserved communities? And that's where grants, um, you know, or corporate sponsorship yep. may step in. Frankly, as you mentioned, you know, education and just letting people know that this is a thing that's out there and that you can, you can take a course like this that you can go through a program that'll teach you how to build your own products and, and be more self-reliant is is our biggest um, challenge right now so even just getting on podcasts like yours uh, Justin is just such a great opportunity because it allows us to share um, our vision and to to empower more people absolutely and yeah that's why I was happy to have have you on and and one of the uh, just a couple more questions I'm just curious about absolutely um, what are you, have been your favorite either uh, books or podcasts or anything that's helped you as an entrepreneur in your last uh, you know decade or so of, of growing companies 
Yeah. So I think that um, there are a couple aspects. I think that for me, the biggest influential, maybe the most influential book was Mindset from Cal Dweck, um, which is just, it's not about business itself, but it kind of is. It's about the sort of psychology of, of mindset and how that sort of determines um, what you end up doing in, in your life. Um, so that one was definitely a very interesting book for me. In terms of sort of content, I love listening to this guy called Tom Bailio, I think. It's like Impact Theory. Yep. He yep. interviews all these amazing founders, basically, from different areas. So they could be, um, you know, billionaire, uh, you know, people who are, are in the business world. It could be people who are in the science world. It can be people who are in the health world. Um, and, and through that, there are just so many cool um, tricks that you can learn um, and actual concrete techniques. And just like he's just also has this mentality, which is a little bit different than a lot of people out there, which is very much more human and let's call it a bit more empathetic. Like, I, you know, I also like people like Gary Vee, but I mean, I think that he's just too hardcore with the like, <laughs> just grind. That doesn't really like hit, I don't know, it doesn't motivate me as much as, as some other mentalities when it comes to entrepreneurship. And I think that like everyone has their own thing that works for them. Um, I think that Gary Vee works for a lot of people. Uh, for me, it's, you know, I, I love some of the insight that I get from a person like that but then I don't really like the mindset that he's trying to frame people in because I also think like grinding is not just the only thing like if you're grinding in the wrong direction you're doing you're not doing yourself a favor right yes um, indeed let's see what else podcasts I mean akimbo specifically Seth Seth Godin's akimbo podcast yep that man is a brilliant humble and very um, heartwarming man, let's put it that way. I would almost call him like a business philosopher. Um, so that's been something that has, has been a, a great influence and a positive influence in my life. Um, and then honestly, just like just reading, reading specific books. I think for me, like I'm really interested in things like neuroscience because I think that like it's really interesting to see this connection between the body and the mind and how the mind connects back to the body and, and how we can kind of use techniques to uh, to growth hack that, if you will, <laughs> in, in our own favor. You know, as founders, I think that everyone deals with a, a huge amount of stress, huge amount of sort of self-doubt. And so to be able to find techniques to um, to calm down that that negative self-talk or to, to calm down that that stress level is, is also super important for founders to, to engage in. Absolutely. And just to kind of wrap things up, is there, is there anything else you'd, you'd tell to uh, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, you know, just looking back at your career, lessons you've learned, experience with no code, just anything else you'd want to tell uh, entrepreneurs? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things and this is probably what, you know, what we're trying to do within the course, right? Is to be able to, to give all the experience that we've learned. I would say the most important thing is probably to not fall in love with your idea. Um, as soon as you get too, too emotional about your idea and being right, we all want to be right, but you limit yourself to discovering what the true opportunity is uh, behind that in terms of business. Uh, so that's kind of on the business front. I think on the personal front, it's like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, this is a career path. This is not a job that you get to just like, you know, the more times you succeed and fail at entrepreneurship, the better you get at it. And so being persistent, if you want to build a business, even if you have a full-time job, just putting in the time on the side is just so important and to have patience with yourself because you just can't expect, your, you know, we have this, 
unfortunate happening that's 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 occurring in in, in our sort of ge- in this generation, which is to constantly compare yourself to other people. <laughs> yep. I think it's happening on social media. I think that, and that can be incredibly discouraging for for founders because you see people who are way in front of you. Uh, but I'll tell you, that's not where they started. <laughs> There's a lot more to that story. There's a lot of sadness. There's not a lot of happiness. There's a lot of of work that has gone in behind that. So comparing you to anyone else but your previous self is a huge mistake. So, you know, focus in on um, on your own mindset and on focusing on your own personal and, um, and growth because that's the only thing that you can measure in terms of like I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'd say, I'd say, you know, like I think like looking back at my career, man, I had no clue what I was doing a lot of the time. But now that I look back, everything seems to make sense and connect. <laughs> yep. And it's interesting. I think it's like, I think it might have been Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs who said that. Yep. Like, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, you only see the, see the pattern when you look back at the different dots. But at every point, it didn't really make sense. Like when I got into training startups, I didn't know that, that training startups was something that I wanted to do. Like I was just about building my own businesses, you know. And, and that's where I realized like, oh, now it makes sense. Like it's because it, it all culminates to this moment. And for me, We Are No Code is basically the product of everything that I've learned over the past 12 years um, kind of put all together to serve this larger purpose than myself, this larger purpose than actually, uh, you know, just, just making money. And so that's what gets me so excited. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the things uh, you, to a point you mentioned, like one of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy. And I, I always kind of sticks with me because as someone who, yeah, someone who's in the startup world uh, like myself and I'm seeing, you know, I'm talking to co- companies constantly, talking to founders and VCs and you you meet with people and you hang out with people all the time who are at different levels. And, you know, there's people <laughs> who are multimillionaires who are just like, yeah, okay, but you can't compare yourself to where they're at. Everyone took a different journey. And even people who you think are, you know, uh, farther along, whatever, they might, may not be happier with where they're at even. So it's just like, there's no point at all in comparing to begin with. So yeah, comparison is the thief of joy. And, and and Christian, where can people go to learn more about what you're working on? Yeah. So I mean, basically, um, I first of all, if you just want to start um, checking out, I interview a lot of people in the no code space, a lot of entrepreneurs to get insight um, and and to kind of extract some great tips for entrepreneurs. You can follow me on LinkedIn. So that's Christian Peverelli. I'm sure it'll be somewhere. Somewhere close to I will you. Link, I'll link it in the show notes <laughs> for sure. And then um, in terms of the company, uh, it's wearenocode.com. So you can check us out there. The, um, the, the program is uh, the No Code Startup. So you can just click on one of the tabs uh, there and, and find out more. Happy to also jump on a, a call if you'd like to know whether or not this is something that could be interesting for you or, or you know, this is a common question we get is, uh, can I build this specific thing with no code? Happy to jump <laughs> yes. on a, a quick call with you and, and kind of bring you through that. Um, you know, most likely the answer is yes. Uh, if it's no, I'm not going to BS you. Um, you know, I think that there's plenty of that out there and we're just not in that game. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Christian. Just wanted to say thank you so much for for taking the time to come on the show, and this was uh, incredibly valuable. I, I yeah, I love how this turned out, and so excited for people to listen and and start building things. Justin, it was such a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me to even talk on this show. 
Um, you know, this was actually my first, I did a radio show. I'm just starting to get out there right now. So this was my first podcast episode, actually. Yes. So, yes. So excited yeah. to hear that. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, I appreciate you and what you're doing. I think that it's, you're doing a fantastic job. Can't wait to see you do more of this. And, and everyone who's not following you yet on, on LinkedIn, I know that you're starting to do more and more content. So I encourage them to do that. Awesome. Thank you again. Take care. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. You want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you justgrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.